Hello, Wall. This is Blonde Haired Girl. I wanted to talk a little bit for a short amount of time <laughs> about an experience I had at the last tune-up that I went to. <laughs> I go to these tune-ups. Um, some of the events I go to are, are tournaments. I call them tournaments. And I'm not I'm not competing against anyone else. I'm I'm trying to be better myself and improve my ability to connect with God, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what term to use. <laughs> the be all end all, the the, the ultimate. Um anyway, uh but this this little tune up little I say it was a it was a, all of the events that I have gone to have been amazing. All of the meditations that I have done at these tune-ups have been amazing. And every single time that I do a meditation, I go, I just don't think that that meditation can be talked. And it's not really that they're talked, it's just they're different and they're all amazing <laughs> they're all just amazing uh, but this this tune-up that I just went to was sublime it was it was amazing I mean I just don't even know I, there are no words and I and I can't even uh, begin to try to describe how magnificent it was it was amazing um, but <clears throat> what I wanted to talk about was I had this intention to to change my relationship with money. <clears throat> I and I I really want to change it and I know that things evolve. We're like these onions and you peel away these layers and and so we're never done. Like even when we get to some kind of plateau of something, we're still not done. We still have more to do. And so I, but I really want to evolve my financial abundance for various reasons, but partly just to say that I can do it. <clears throat> So I had I had this realization recently that that a lot a lo I I already knew this but my my a lot of my beliefs came from my mother. She she was a heavy um her voice has been the voice in my head. It hasn't been my dad. The voice in my head has not been my dad, it's been my mother whom I believed didn't really like me. I believe she, there was a part of her that kind of wished I wasn't born. She, I kind of felt like she wished she wasn't a mother. I think she actually told me that at one point. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, I know how bad that sounds, um, but I think she told me once that, you know, um, I think it was after she bought me something. She had bought me some clothes or something, and she had made some insinuation that she wished that she didn't have these responsibilities as in these children. <clears throat> but anyway, 
I'm describing these things, but this is all water under the bridge because my mother and I, uh, she still communicates with me and, and I think she's okay with me sharing these stories, you know, because, because our relationship had, had evolved and our relationship is better now with her on the other side than it kind of ever was when she was here, even though, even though my mother was my confidant, she was the one I always called. And still I go, oh my God, I've got to call my mom and I can't call my mom anymore because she's not here. I can't dial her up on the phone, but I do talk to her. And she answers me like, like I had asked her, I said to her recently, I said, God, I wish I, I knew, I wish I had a crystal ball. This is what I thought. I wish I had a crystal ball so that I could see how this was going to turn out. And then she said to me, well, what fun would that be? <laughs> and that's totally something my mom would have said. <laughs> so funny. <clears throat> anyway, so so my parents were, were brought up during the Depression. I mean, born during the Depression, but like, you know, since the time they can remember, money was just a wonky thing. And so, but they were very good with money. And it was back in a time where when you worked for an organization or a company, at some point you would be vested and you would get stocks in that company. And so my parents developed a portfolio a portfolio uh, and, and, and quite a bit of, of, of wealth, but nobody knew it. They lived in a, on the west side of town in, in Phoenix. Like I lived um, by Glendale Avenue like, uh, and the I, I-17. And so I grew up in, you know, I mean, not poor, 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 but... I didn't grow up in Scottsdale for damn sure, <laughs> but my parents probably had the the had the wealth to be able to live in another neighborhood, but they they preferred to live within their means, and they were good with money. <clears throat> as as a as a very young child, I mean, I look back at these these pictures. Of uh, my, when my mother passed away about, about two years ago, <clears throat> well, two years ago, um, we were just going through all these pictures. I mean, I got a whole bunch of our family pictures, and I'm just going through these pictures, and my mother just dressed us to the nine. I mean, tights and my hair and these little bows, and like I'm sitting there, going, how did she ever find the time or the energy to do this? I mean, this was like a special day, like Easter or Christmas, but I mean, still, my mother took meticulous care with us. But as early as I could remember, I felt like my worth was in the way that I looked. I felt like the way that I dressed, the way that I presented myself, that being pretty was the most important thing. Um, which the programming of what I was my mother going along with the programming of society that would say the same thing that that a woman's worth is in her beauty which fades in time you know and, and then 
And so, like, what do you do when you're not 18 anymore in this society? And when you have kids, and when you have kids, your body is just different. Your body is not like it was before you have a child. Even if, even if it's a best case scenario, you are still changed. So I have this remembrance that I, I was actually laughing about because I, I just think it's so funny. So I was a very independent child because I had to be. Uh, my, my parents did not generally ever take me to school. They never made me a lunch. I, I, I had to fend for myself, <laughs> I mean, like literally. And, um, and so, and so, but then anyway, there was this one time in high school where I missed the bus and I came home and my mother scrambled herself together to take me to school. And all the way to school, she was lecturing me. My mother was a massive lecturer. <laughs> she, was, she was like, no, no, let it not be my mom. Let my dad pick me up because God help me if my mom picks me up. Because she's going to lecture me about something. <laughs> Sorry, it's so funny. But anyway, so my mother was very perturbed with me that I had disturbed her to have to take me to school one time. And and then she she said, you better marry a rich man because you are never going to make anything out of yourself. And I proceeded to get out of the car And I guess I slammed the car door because I was so mad that she said that to me. (laughs) So, so come, come the end of the day, I come home and my parents are both sitting on the, on the sofa in this grand, you know, gesture of solidarity. And my dad's sitting closer to me and my mom further away, both of them sitting on the sofa, very stoic. And my dad says to me, your mom said that you slammed the door today when she dropped you off. And I said, well, did, did she tell you that she told me that I better marry a rich man or because I'm not going to make anything out of myself? <laughs> there was no more words needed. My dad, my dad looked at my mom and I just proceeded to go to my room there was like no more discussion about it ever again. <laughs> but anyway, my mother had this habit of asking always, can we afford that? Or do you need that? Everything was based on need and affording. And there was no, there was nothing about wanting or desiring or joy. It was all that spending money was just drudgery. <clears throat> and I and I firmly believed that my mother loved money more than she did me. That was my belief about it. I thought, okay, um, I'm I'm worth nothing to her. I'm worth nothing to my mother. That's what I believed. I also had a massive belief that I was not an intelligent person. I wasn't intelligent. I I was never going to make anything out of myself. Surely I was never going to make anything out of myself because I wasn't intelligent. All I was there for was to look pretty and get married, get a grand mate and, 
and reproduce. <laughs> I guess for the Catholic Church. I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> so as the years went on, like my relationship with my mom and money was just weird. We we ha- I had a hard time with her. Um and and there was also this sense of this proper amount of gratitude when she sent my kids money. Like if we didn't send a thank you note, it was very upsetting to her. If my kids didn't thank her for, you know, the money she sent them, you know, that was a very bad thing. I wasn't teaching my kids proper manners. <laughs> but fast forward to me as a parent. And I, I actually... I just knew in myself that I was not going to be that kind of parent. And I was also equally not going to be that kind of wife. I knew exactly what I did not want to be by the example that was, was given to me. Because my mom was incredibly domineering over my dad in a very hurtful way. And it, and it was very hard for me to witness my dad being treated the way that my mom treated my dad. So I, I have my kids and I, and I never, I, and I can't say, do you, I don't, I can't say that I've never said, do you need that? I, I don't, I can't say that I've never said that. Um, but I, I've been with this, I, okay, how do we get this? You know, okay, maybe not right now, but, but we'll work toward that. Or, you know, I mean, we, and my, and my kids were just, I just had really great kids. I have great kids. I really do. My kids are just, I, I, I just am so lucky. Um, but to get them what they want and need, what they need and want, like, um, you know, like when I go to the grocery store, I would just buy them all the things that they liked to eat. Um, you know, I just, I was focused on what they wanted and, and getting them what they wanted. And, and, so, and so I'm fast forward, I'm, I'm at the retreat and and i'm i'm trying to change my relationship with money okay one of the things that was one of my intentions i had two intentions i had three intentions but one of those intentions was changing my relationship to money so i'm i'm in a meditative state at different times at different times there was this imagery that came up for me <clears throat> And I want to start out with the imagery of the money part. Because I, I was like, I was in this, this state where I was like thinking about how I wanted to spend it. Like I wanted to buy my son this Ford Bronco that he wants. That is going to be a little bit more, you know, it's, it's, it's not cheap. It's an expensive truck, but I want him to have it. My oldest son, who doesn't even have a driver's license yet. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I had my I had my um my visions going on and he was driving the truck. That I was getting into the truck and he was driving it. And then I was I was I was I was imagining paying off my daughter's student loans for her PA school. I was imagining giving my youngest son money to start a business. I was imagining being able to donate a whole bunch of money to this one organization that is meaningful to me. I was, I was um, thinking about giving a large sum of money to somebody in my life that I just would like to give that money to. And, um, and I was just like thinking about all these ways that I would want to spend this money. And it was so enjoyable. 
It was so enjoyable to just think this way. It's so nice to be able to, like my, my daughter came to visit recently and I just bought her whatever she wanted. I bought her this and bought her that and bought her this and bought her that. And, and you know, and I, and I like that. I like, I like what that feels like to be generous. So at one point um, during the event, I was, I was, something just happened that was just so strange. Um, I had this imagery. I was a really sick baby and I remember my dad taking care of me. Uh, I remember my dad getting up with me and putting alcohol on my chest, which they don't prefer to do that. But back when I was little, that's just what you did. When your kid has a fever, they put alcohol on your chest. I don't know why. How did I survive all <laughs> things that we would never do today? Um, and, but, and he was always like, I had this... I had this gigantic bunny. I think we have it somewhere, this gigantic bunny. And um, and at one point I had thrown up all over this gigantic bunny <laughs> and my dad was cleaning the vomit off this bunny. This bunny was bigger than I <laughs> I'm telling you. It was so funny because I love stuffed animals as a child. I just love them. But anyway, anyway, but there was this one night I must have just, barfed all over everything again and um and I was old enough to be cognizant this was I was so I don't know I'm guessing I was nearly four years old maybe three and a half years old three years old something like that and my dad was cleaning up my bed so that I could go back to, to sleep in it and my mom was holding me she like she was holding me like really close to her chest she had never done that, that I could remember. My mom wasn't a very affectionate person. She just wasn't. She wasn't that huggy. She, as she got older, she became more affectionate. But when she was, when she, when I was young, she just wasn't. And so to have my mother holding me in her arms this way, it was so comforting. It was such a feeling of, oh my God, wow, okay. And, I, and so I was imagining myself as a young child in my mother's arms. And I, and I realized that my mother did love me. She loved me. And then I started to have these other imagery about my mom where, because when I was little, my sisters were off to school because they were a lot older than I was. And so, and so we would stay home and make peanut butter cookies and put the fork you know, fork things in it to make them look pretty. And we, my mother would be watching soap operas and I would be watching Mr. Rogers. And, and I remember times where we were laying on my mom's bed, eating turnips and watching Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> so this was an incredibly healing experience for me. And I'm, and I'm, because I know that my mother loved me. And when she passed away, she left me a sum of money that I, I was absolutely dumbfounded by. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, okay. <laughs> uh, 
Um, the majority of which is still sitting in the account that it was in when she passed. It just kind of changed form a little, but it's still in there um, for a rainy day or for my retirement, I guess, which is going to come faster than I would have ever imagined. Um, <laughs> should I choose to to um, start taking uh, sums out of this um, annuities, I guess. And so, and so I'm going to see how this goes. Um, I decided to to go further with this, and I'm I'm attempting to watch this one. It's like a little short movie that I didn't create. It, somebody else created it, but I really like it, and I'm going to start watching it every day, and I'm going to see what happens um, with money. Because I'd really like to not be thinking about it. Because even when I got this large sum of money, like about two years ago, I, I, my thoughts have not changed about it. Like I, I, haven't, I haven't evolved forward with, with thinking about money differently as much as I would like to be. I mean, with the exception of buying my daughter whatever she wants or my son whatever he wants or my kids, you know, um, and the possibility of getting my son that truck and the possibility of paying off my daughter's student loans and everything. I mean, I, that has changed because I see that as a potential. But so I'm going to watch this, this little movie every day and um and I will get back with you all to let you know how this experiment is going because I would like to continue to evolve because I equated my mother not wanting to spend money on me with a lack of love and this this happened in my 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 intimate relationships with men it went on to that. Like I felt like they that I I didn't want to cost them anything, and they they acted as though they didn't want to give me anything, and that's partly why I would prefer to be single than to be with somebody who would withhold from me purposefully. Because when you withhold this from someone purposefully it it is as though you're withholding love from them and i never want my kids to feel that way i i i and so i i've actively tried to be different about it but i also need for my kids to be responsible too and that's a that is a really fine line that i have not quite figured out yet but so I, I actually really like money. I think money is an amazing thing. I like to spend it. I like to spend it on myself and on other people. And money is a happy thing. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to be able to travel all that I want and go to things that I want to go to and buy things that I want to buy, jewelry, things that I love. 
And so <laughs> I just wanted to talk about that because I think I'm not alone. I think other people have issues with money as well. I mean, theoretically, there is no there is no cap on money. I think people people with money have tried to make it look like there's this big pie and they have most of it. And they don't want you to have any of it. Like acting as though there's a limit to money, but there really is no limit to money. And so it feels really good when it's flowing to me. And I'm going to accept that. (laughs) So I'm going to end this podcast. I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.